Hello and welcome to Measurement Matters, the podcast that provides free tips and tricks on measuring the difference your activities have on people and the planet. My name is Matt Bevan and I'm your host. Joining me on this episode will be Sky Trajet, CEO of COA, a consultancy with a shared vision to amplify the voice of First Nations people in impact measurement, evaluation and learning. Sky also works with the National Centre of Indigenous Excellence as a lead in Black Impact. Sky is a brilliant evaluator, but more than that, I feel she is someone who can really bring the principles of outcomes measurement to life in a way that's both rigorous and extremely meaningful for those experiencing change. This is a conversation about how Sky got into evaluation and outcomes measurement and the things she is passionate about in her work. So, without further ado, let's get started and see what we can learn and share together today. Sky, welcome. Thanks. How are you? Good. Good. Right. Well, I'd just like to start this um podcast today just acknowledging the traditional owners of the land that I'm on today the Camaragal people um, and pay my respects to elders past present and emerging. Um, Thanks so much. What land are you on today? Uh, I'm on a Wabical country so I'm in a place called Toronto uh, which is in New South Wales and I think that we had this conversation last time we spoke but just outside my window is a little creek uh, that runs along the back of our house and that little creek is called Punty Creek but actually backs on to um, or is part of what was nine miles of Aboriginal reserve, um, you know, in traditional time. And so we've got lots of things here that actually remind us all the time of why we need to care for country and how we centre country and what we're doing. Yeah, great. So I, um, I guess it'd be good just to start off with a little bit about you for people who are listening, like what it is you do, your role. Um, yeah, um, I have a couple of hats. Um, so I am a an evaluator, I guess you would say, um, a little bit different to what might be, um, you know, the type of evaluator that comes out of university um, getting their master's degree. I've definitely learned in practice. I started um, in research and evaluation when I was working at uh, the Mata Hospital, which is an oncology hospital here in Newcastle. So I was doing clinical trials there for quite some time. Um, and then I started my family, moved out to a beautiful place called Burke and um, started working at Maranooka, which is the local community hub there. And they're doing collective impact and justice reinvestment and all grassroots mobilisation on governance fronts and data fronts. And um, it was there that I got introduced to this different space, which was evaluation and impact measurement. And I said that was the better kind of side of the coin for me. Um, so left research, came over to evaluation um, and love it. Um, trying to always remember how we centre First Nations voices and ways of knowing, doing and being and everything that uh, we, we do in terms of impact measurement and evaluation. So we talk about um, often, you know, there's a, a story or a narrative that comes along with impact measurement and it's generally kind of positioned through a Western lens 
Well, we know that, uh, in fact, for our communities, that kind of impact happens in really different ways and much more holistic ways. So we kind of need to look a little bit broader. Um, and so we need to not just map systems, but we need to have a really good understanding of interconnections between those systems um, and how important they are to each other um, in upholding cultural values as well as, um, you know, normal organisational values or personal values. So um, that's what we focus on. Uh, I am the lead um, at an organisation called COA. Uh, it's a, a Wabical word for purpose. Um, my partner and I set up COA as, um, I don't know what you, like, uh, it was our reason that we needed to do something different. So um, having worked in a few different spaces, I knew that we needed to do something that actually had purpose. Um, I don't want to take on work for money and I don't want to accept jobs because I need to get paid. So um, that's where purpose came from and that's where COA came from. So we make really conscious choices about doing work that has solid purpose, has solid impact in community. Um, and so we're also geared in a way that we find quite clever ways of trying to drive capital and income into the organisation so that all of our profits can then be regenerated back into community in a few different ways as well. So we, um, you know, try and increase impact on the ground through either social, emotional, wellbeing kind of supports, um, health supports, or impact measurement support, so um, strengthening the um, voice of community in impact measurement so that um, more community kind of standing up doing this work as opposed to paying for external consultants to come in. So that is COA. Um, and I also work at NCIE supporting um, Black Impact to establish at NCIE, um, which has been a wonderful opportunity to kind of learn and test and try different approaches in impact measurement. Um, and I guess namely that would be a social return on investment approach to First Nations organisations. So we learnt a lot through that process. Uh, it's been really beneficial and so we're just wrapping that at the moment and then uh, we'll be publishing that report soon. Uh, and then studying as well, uh, which is great at UNSW and finished at the end of this year, which will be even better. Um, so that's it. That's fantastic. That's a lot of that's a lot of that's a lot in there. You do a lot of stuff. I think one of the beautiful things every time we talk is um, what comes through is a real um, passion for creating impact and doing meaningful things. I guess um, I suppose I just want to explore um, a little bit about what outcomes measurement means to you and, and why why, you know, that perhaps that that tendency to want to create impact how how it's led into outcomes measurement like why that's a why that in itself is a, a passion for you so what is what does outcomes measurement mean or yeah um i i'm gonna try and i'm not sure if i'm gonna get this very good um but to me outcomes measurement is like having a really tangible way of being certain that you're doing the things that you set out to do um, and just making sure that you at least track that and look back on it um, and make some really clever decisions based on that information. So that to me is outcomes measurement. Um, and I and I don't know that that necessarily needs to be done in a documented way. I think we innately do that as, as people. We kind of like, you know, 
I, I bought this car because I wanted to get from A to B and I thought that I'd stop in five different spots on the way there and it was super cheap and it was all I needed. But then, you know, this happened, this happened, this happened. And so you kind of do that evaluation for yourself. So that to me is um, I see outcomes measurement, impact measurement as the types of things that we do as individuals all the time. Um, they're the things that I think are centered in our worldviews as First Nations people, um, in our cultural practice, in our caring for country. And so um, I'm super passionate about First Nations people stepping back in and having confidence to, to lead in that space as opposed to kind of sitting on the fringes and being asked uh, by the dominant culture to participate at times when they feel like it's needed as opposed to actually owning and leading that that conversation, that approach, that the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, that's that to me, I think, is I knew I wouldn't get it very well, Matt. I think, look, I think actually you nailed it. For me, for me you did anyway in terms of um, that sort of pragmatic, um, you know, the, the lens that is most useful and not overcomplicating it. I love, yeah. I love that approach. I mean, one of the things about you guys, you – you could operate in lots of different spheres in this area. You, you come from an incredibly um, uh, rich technical research background. You've been involved in clinical trials. You've done all these different lenses of studies. But when I talk to you, um, one of the things I love is how you make this really, really accessible and how you remind people this is a normal part of this is a normal part of work. Um, yeah. I mean, we, you know, you've done this study, you, 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 you're also an accredited, um, SRI practitioner through Social Value International. Um, so there's this lens around, you know, people having qualifications and being, you know, smart and working out ways of doing things. But then through your work, you go into communities and I mean, there's this question about who's best to evaluate. Yeah. And who's yeah. been, how, how does that sort of play out for you? It's clear all the time to me. Um, it's clear to me that I am not best placed to evaluate. Um, I am there and I see myself as a tool to support community to build that confidence and step back in. Um, and not just building confidence in doing the work, but also building confidence in pushing back on you know, power holders in terms of, well, actually, what does this need to look like? Um, and where's the similarities? Where's the differences? And to me, I think that's the important part is having the confidence to push back because you're right in what you're saying, like, you know, what, who determines what this looks like? Who's best place to do it? And the answer is community are best place. 100% all of the time, best place to do this type of work. Um, it doesn't need to be documented inside out and back to front uh, like we say it does. Um, it can be really simple. It can be really pragmatic and agile, um, but we just need to find the way of like balancing between the, you know, the Western view of what is evaluation and often, you know, what's being determined by funders um, and so then a community need to uh, serve funders so you get money to do the good work on the ground um, where we just like think we're not quite there in terms of the balance, like what's the simple mechanism for balancing both parts. Um, but to me, community 
uh, once we can find that balance in each community, then it's time for me to step away um, and let the experts do work. I think one of the things you touched on this idea of shifting power, it it sounds simple, but this is incredibly complicated. And I think sometimes we don't even see power or how that influences. And you've talked about sort of perpetuating, I I guess, colonial ways of being and being. Um, And I guess when I think about outcomes measurement, one of the things that comes to mind is sometimes people think of this as a load of tools out there that have been developed for certain purposes and you just pick one off the shelf and then you use that. And I guess I'm wondering, a lot of those tools were developed in you know, for particular purposes with predominant cultures for certain ways of looking at things. And they're not suitable um, in in, they're not suitable across the board and certainly um, can't be used in that way. Um, So I guess what I'm saying is, how do you explain to someone who looks at outcomes measurement as doing a theory of change and sending out a survey? (laughs) um, How do you explain to them that actually that's not necessarily what it is and that won't necessarily give you what you need. Yeah. Um, it's so I, I was so keen to kind of talk about this and how it intersects with power. Um, but to kind of start at the basic point, we would start by saying don't do surveys. Right. Um, and look for the ways that you're already doing it because they they would show up like that you know this is actually already happening it's taking place it's just you probably haven't explicitly called it out so find what is the way that is um you know your approach as an organization um to doing outcomes measurement that you're already doing that you're just thinking through in your head you know you're sensing it you're feeling it it's happening you're kind of chatting about it here and there find what it is that's already being done and just write it down because then you don't necessarily need to change your practice. You keep doing the things that you're really good at in a way that's already embedded in your your culture and your practices and, you know, your way of working as an organisation. And it's just you've got it down on paper that you can then show to someone and go, this is actually what we do. Um, But I guess the thing that we see that doesn't necessarily show up very often um, and it's hard to kind of identify is, you know, these learning loops of like once we collect information, how do we then make sense of it and then make strategic, sorry, decisions after that? Um, so I think that often happens really rapidly. Um, I think that happens around a tea room table. I think it happens on a drive in a car. It happens in odd spaces and it doesn't happen just in one, you know, summit meeting. It happens like multiple conversations about the same thing and eventually it rolls up into a strategic decision. And so um, that I think is sometimes the thing that we need to find and just put some words around because this is what I'm talking about, right? Like we then need to translate it back for how, you know, the dominant culture would like us to portray how we're measuring our outcomes and what we're doing rather than allowing us to operate in a way that works best for us um, that means that community can still keep doing the good work on the ground. Um, So we just need to find whatever that balancing thing is between saying that we do this thing um, and doing it in a way that works really well and perhaps it needs to meet in the middle or perhaps it's just we write it down and then we talk about it and we keep doing the things that we're doing, but we certainly haven't found the sweet spot. Um, if anything, I would say that we've probably gone, 
the other way where we are over engineering things, we're confusing things more than ever. Um, so it's where I was talking about that intersection of power in this space at the moment. The thing I'm seeing a lot of is, um, top heavy, uh, government funder led, so philanthropic and government funder led male strategies, um, that overarch national place-based male strategies that prescribe all the pieces that are needed, um, for a community, uh, to, to implement male and then have this overarching kind of male that exists for, for, um, the funder or for the government agency. And so what I'm seeing there is it starts to, the tail is wagging the dog where then, you know, we're putting all this requirement down on community and we're not, we're not allowing for sovereignty. We're not allowing for self-determination. We're actually stripping it away. Um, and so to me, it's a overexertion of power. Um, it's getting people to focus in a direction that's not actually who they are. So they're not operating and measuring in the way that they're used to. They start doing it in a different way. And what happens when you do that is you're not measuring you. And so as the information comes in, um, you're going to have data that doesn't reflect uh, who you are as an organisation, what's working well, where, we, where you could improve, and that's useful in strategic decision-making. It actually talks to something completely different. Um, so yeah, where... I mean, this seems, this seems in a way, it seems a little bit <clears throat> ridiculous, but, but normal also in that, uh, who, is, um, who is best placed to make a difference and, and, or understand what's going on. I think that, um, I, I, I can't remember what I was going to say actually, but the, um, knowing or ways of knowing that things have changed or ways of knowing and understanding and how you describe that. Um, who, who should be able to describe that? Is it someone that sits hundreds of thousands of miles away um, and can make that determination, you know, ways of knowing how do we, what are the ways that we know that these things are working in a community? Um, yeah. How could that happen? <laughs> you know, in this is, in this other area and who is best placed to make that? I mean, when we think about our principles and it's, it's always the people that are doing the change and actually encourage them to say, well, how do you, I mean, even when you go into community, presumably, and you talk about what are the ways of knowing this is happening or what are the ways that we see this? How does this look? How does this feel? Talk through that. You can't do that by going to an office somewhere in some other a powerful city no, saying, well, nah. can you tell me how you know this is working it it seems odd it's completely odd I mean I get the point in so I get the point and I think the challenges come in the implementation so to me um I see why a funder would want to hold a a, a mill strategy say for themselves to measure whether they're you know achieving the things they want to achieve and often that's by way of funding organisations and initiatives on the ground. And so, in essence, they also still want to track those to help them understand how successful they're being. But I think the failing actually comes in when you start prescribing and having these really big, meaty kinds of things that people need to build and and, and have and implement. 
because that's where the confusion starts. And then they have these reporting mechanisms that are someone else's reporting mechanism and it, you know, it then takes over because people want money to do the work on the ground as opposed to allowing people to operate as they do in a way that works really well for them. And like you said, upholds those ethics and values that we all say that we want to subscribe to, but are we really? And then to me, I think, you know, a good evaluator um, or a good funder would actually have someone who's clever enough working with them to go, okay, let's fund or support this organisation to develop their male strategy, their theory of change, all of this in a way that works really well for them. And we're going to be clever enough to find the linkages back to our male strategy in the background. So there's one funder who I actually can't name. Uh, they're anonymous and we, we have done a bit of a post about their work. Some of their learnings as a trust, um, and this is, you know, more emergent learnings, was that when they showed fundees their um their, their male strategy or, you know, their theory of change or anything, then, like I was saying, people start adopting the language and the approaches because they think, oh, I've got to do that because this funder wants me to do that. And so they become off track. They're not looking at themselves. And so if you just stay in your lane and, and do your thing in a way that works really well for you, if there are clever funders like this one who's now worked out that we won't do that, we're going to ask you to do you. And then we're going to find the way that that links back to what we do. And even if it's like coming up a level, so not looking at outcomes or looking at indicators, maybe it's just looking at principles or domains or things that are a bit more higher level um, to understand how how that that organisation feeds into your bigger kind of purpose as a funder. So, but, you know, these things are kind of doubling down and scaling um, rapidly in their way of operating and we're just staying on the ground all the time, you know, it's an overwhelming feeling of outcomes measurement, impact measurement, what do we do? And then a lot of time spent in um, helping organisations understand, well, what you're already doing to serve your funder, you you don't need to focus on that. That's actually wedded into what we've supported you to create And, and now you just need to do you. And that will serve that funder as well as that funder and that funder and that funder and any other funder that, you know, you now want to start talking to because you can can really talk about, you know, what you're doing and where it's working well and where you might need some extra support. So, I love that. I love that phrase, just do you. Um, (laughs) It must feel incredibly empowering to sort of de- demystify all this complexity. I mean, it sounds like we're overdoing this a little bit with our surveys and our structures and we're trying to fit things in which don't fit and we're suddenly making this big machine which isn't very effective and it feels clunky and it must be so disempowering for people because they don't see their language, they don't see their words. Yeah. Everyone suddenly disconnects from this thing. But the the purpose of this is just to know whether we're doing what we're doing and how we're going for that. And And perhaps what you're advocating for is a very intuitive way of doing that that might be light, it might be easier, it might be more engaging, might be, it's probably going to be more effective as a result. It would totally be more effective. And I think, um, because it's not duplicating then, right? So the more that we build in new things, we're asking people to do more and more and more, but in fact, they're already doing a lot. So are we just are we 
I think we need to ask the question, are we adding more? Are we duplicating a process that's probably already really well embedded and kind of agile on the ground? Um, so for me, that's the part of stepping back. But I think too, this is where we we look to to do jobs and, you know, part of the work that we are saying, um, you know, with purpose is we want to spend time. We don't want to rush in, write something up and then piss off. We, we want to spend time. We want to become part of your organisation. We want to understand who you are. We want to support you to be stronger. Uh, we don't want to feel pressured by time or deliverables or money, you know, all these kind of like unimportant things. We just want to do really good work that makes good sense. So I think, um, you know, by kind of holding those ethics and values at your core when you're commissioning for work or, um, sorry, if you're tendering for work um, or commissioning uh, an evaluation or this kind of support, then I think if you're if you're allowing time and space for organic kind of growth and development, then these things become more possible. I mean, it must be, I mean, that sounds absolutely wonderful. It must, it must be quite hard though when people are saying, I want this um, yeah. and this is what I want to pay for and this is how much I want to pay for it. And you feel, well, um, I'm not sure that's what you need or what you actually really want. Yeah. Um, um, having that, conversation, that, that challenge or that pushback um, must be really hard. Yeah, but it's also the work, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And I think that's the where we think about, um, to me, all these kinds of buzzwords of collective impact systems, change, evaluation, impact measure, all that. It's all the one thing of like, you know, actually supporting an organisation to have a... I don't know what you, we started talking about. We'll have to do this in another conversation about my barramundi analogy. But, um, you know, to me, uh, the purpose of an organisation, your strategic plan, your comms plan, your operational plan, all that, impact measurement, the whole thing, it's actually just all one thing. It's all one. It is who you are, why you exist, and how you know if you're achieving that or not how you tell people about the stories and what you're learning and then how you digest all of that and then start all over again, having made some really good decisions. So um, I think if we start to see all those things as a whole, um, then we get to a bit more of this place. Um, but, yeah, it's not easy, Matt. There's been some tricky ones. Um, I think we've become a bit clever in knowing where we can support and support well, and then where potentially um, we we won't be able to have the purpose that we would like to. So we do turn things down here and there based on those kinds of decisions. Um, so far, so good. No, I think uh, it's lovely, and I, I, I think you're right. That is the work. You know, that's the leadership piece is is reminding people what we're what we're doing, how we're trying yeah. to do that, and just instilling a bit of common sense and. Um, into what we're doing so that it feels intuitive it feels natural it's meaningful and at the end of the day we we do know that 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 makes this stuff work better you know when people are good to it um they believe in it it's they feel empowered um we get impact that creates impact in itself regardless kind of ironic as well it 100 percent does which is yeah the whole point 
what what would be one word of encouragement you'd have for people who might be on their journey and and you want to sort of instill a different way of looking at things or encouraging them to take a different step with their outcomes measurement Ooh. Ah. probably a bit of a tricky one right to it put is it a tricky end. one um <laughs> from a practitioner standpoint um i would say you know try and leave your ego at the door um as frustrating as hard as things might get sometimes and as much as we need to pay the bills a good life is one that's um, full of purpose and full of happiness and really good connections with people and with places and I think um, for me that is probably the most important thing so I would just say leave all the things that are meaningless at the door, support community um, and take the time to connect deeply. And I think everything else kind of follows after that. Um, And then from a community standpoint, I would say Mel is your main chick. She's not your side chick. So if you focus on Mel, then everything else hangs off her. Um, So that's a little bit rough, sorry. But uh, that is true. Uh, so I think if we send a mail, then everything else flows really neatly. Um, it gives us a good, good kind of backbone and standpoint to start from. That's beautiful. And thanks so much for your time. Um, and we we'll look forward to talking again soon. Yeah, cool. All right. Take care. You too. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye. Well, how did that land for you? I hope that inspired you as much as it did me. A really great reminder of the importance of what we're here to do and to keep that front and centre in what we're designing and and how we engage with others. I highly recommend you connect with Sky, particularly if you want to amplify the voice of First Nations people in impact measurement in your work. Um, And I've put her contact details in the show notes. As always, if you've got any feedback, then please get in touch. And if you want to speak on a future episode, then give me a call. For all those out there having conversations about well-being and giving measurement a go, keep up the good work because measurement matters. <laughs>